0: Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Tuesday, and we're in the season of Ordinary Time. This is the sixth week after Pentecost. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture, and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the living and abiding word of God. A reading from Genesis chapter 25, we begin at verse 19. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padam Aram, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with a hand gripping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he found game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, First, some of your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die of what use is a birthright to me. Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and he drank and he rose and he went on his way. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. While her twin sons are still in the womb, Rebekah inquires of the Lord about them. The oracle she receives tells her that God has chosen the younger to prevail over the older. In a culture where the eldest son is the heir, Rebekah's younger son will supplant that heir, and that's exactly what Jacob's name means. Isaac is the name that reminds us of Sarah's laughter. Jacob is the name that tells us that Jacob will trick his older brother out of his birthright. And this part of the story of Abraham's descendants tells us how Jacob, with the help of his mother Rebecca, will go about doing just that, gaining both birthright and blessing in a place as Abraham's heir. The story of the young Jacob is a story of God's grace and favor, however. Jacob is quiet, and he stays in the camp. He's close to his mother. We can almost hear that as kind of a taunt against him. You know, imagine maybe the way that Esau tormented Jacob for staying in the tent, Mama's favorite, cooking stew, as the stronger Esau went out to hunt the game. Esau, Esau's firstborn, favored by his father, the type of person we would look to as a strong, heroic type, the one that we would naturally be drawn to to carry on the promise of Abraham. The contrast between the two, though, couldn't be more sharp. And yet God sees things differently and values different qualities in people than we might. And soon we find the heroic Esau is there trading his birthright for a bowl of lentil stew and bread. And the tent-dwelling the weaker Jacob, now overtaking his brother as heir. but a surprising turn of events, and there are more surprises on the way in this story. But Jacob is now firstborn. But the inheritance that they're battling for is not just Isaac's household assets. Though Esau and Jacob may not be fully aware of the implications of the covenant and the promise that God made to their grandfather Abraham and to their father Isaac, which is the real inheritance that they stand to, to receive. When Esau trades his birthright, he trades not just his claim as Isaac's firstborn on Isaac's household, but his place in the story of God and God's people, what seems on the surface as being just another origin story, explaining the, the closeness and the rivalry, the battling tribes that had been fighting since they were in the womb of Israelites and Edomites, it actually contains a reminder that we are to seek God's kingdom and God's righteousness first, that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and to value most highly the treasure of God's promise, the inheritance that has been given to us through Christ our Lord. This story of Esau trading his birthright for a bowl of lentil stew works like a parable, I think, for our current age the story of numbers of people who trade god's grace for them in christ for the fleeting and passing things of this world and that is another thing for us to keep in mind as we sift our attention shift our attention to the trickster jacob that righteousness is not about moral perfection in any abstract way it's not about being nice to our brother although that is to be uh, to be expected but In the end, righteousness is about faithfulness to God, the God who chose us and who is eternally faithful to God's own promise to us. From the beginning, Esau is ready to trade his birthright, while Jacob will prove the one who will respond faithfully to this gift of God's grace and God's love for him. Further along in the story, we will find that Esau will have more than enough of everything that he ever wanted, As he walks away satisfied without birthright, we will find him satisfied with what he has and his place in the world. We will also know all along that he has, in his own way, written himself out of the story of God's promise to the world. His brother Jacob now takes his place. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, for the communion of faith in your church, for our calling in place, in, right, in birthright, in inheritance in Christ. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world. For the people and countries ravaged by strife or warfare. For all who work for peace and international harmony and for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else? For what else do we pray? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill you with new life and abundant joy. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.